Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the 35th chapter, we'll hear verses 3 through 10 this morning from the New King James Version. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees and ankles. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of jackals where each lay. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, though a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy in their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the gospel according to John. In the 14th chapter, we'll hear the opening seven verses this morning. And again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus said. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, 
there you may be also. These opening three verses from the 14th chapter of the gospel according to John are often read to comfort those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Eight days ago, I attended the memorial service for Frank Young, director emeritus of the Francis McKemmy Society and one of the driving forces behind that group's organization. The minister at the Episcopal Church in Eastville included this scripture passage among the readings during a worship service, which I think did bring a measure of comfort to his family and friends who had gathered there to pay their final respects. Indeed, these words of Jesus that begin this address are very reassuring. Do not let your hearts be troubled. To me, that sounds like another familiar phrase that gets repeated an awful lot throughout the pages of Scripture. Fear not. Now there's a message we could all use to hear day in and day out. Just as much today as the folks around Jesus apparently benefited from hearing it back then. He was addressing his friends in a time when he knew that he was soon going to have to leave them. They were going to need to have something that they could both cherish and cling to after his death, as they were no doubt going to be distraught and disheartened and confused, each one wondering to him or herself, what now? Without Jesus, which way should I go? So Jesus gives them this promise in advance that though he is going ahead of them to a place that they've not seen, he will provide them with all the direction that they need. He will, in fact, come for them. He will lead them to this place, this new green pasture, like the good shepherd that we reflected upon last week. As comforting as this address is and appropriate for occasions that involve the impending or recent death of a loved one, these words of Jesus are also among some of the very most challenging in all the Gospels. For he makes a claim here that many have been and continue to be quite uncomfortable with. He tells them that they already know the way, the way to eternal peace, the way to rest in the presence of God, Secure in that knowledge, then, the hearts of his friends, indeed, should no longer be troubled. Yet upon hearing this, immediately Thomas raises his hand with a question. Master, he says, this sounds really good and wonderful and all that, but, but um, just one thing. You say that we already know that you're going and that we know how to get where you're going, but I, for one, I'm a bit unclear on all of this. Which way should I go? And Jesus' response 
was astounding to Thomas and to the rest of his disciples and to the Jewish religious leaders of his day, just as it is astounding to us and even to the rest of the world. For he claims that not only will he show them the way, but that they've already seen it and know it, and they're looking right at it. It is Jesus himself. When he tells them this, he says, I am the way. And then he adds, and the truth and the life. He's making what would have been to his hearers of the day an unmistakable and audacious claim. For I am was the way that the God of Israel introduced himself to Moses at the burning bush as he was beginning to give directions to his covenant people. I am was a carefully chosen phrase and was not to be taken lightly. Jesus then is not simply saying that he is a root for his disciples to follow, but he is proclaiming that he is the way for the world. As you drive across the causeway to Chincoteague, you'll pass by a line of billboards, one of which is currently being sponsored by a local church. It draws a comparison between this only road that links the island with the mainland and this claim of Jesus that he is exclusively the way to the Father. You can try to make your own way driving from Wallops Island to Chincoteague Island, but even at the lowest of tides, you're going to get mired in the muck. Many probably see the church's billboard as conceited or as judgmental or misguided at best. Honestly, that's the way many in the world see Christianity. But Jesus was and is none of those things. One of the marvelous things that is revealed to us in this text is that Jesus is the truth and the life. He is not a way. He is the true way that leads to life, life abundant and eternal. Now, you can choose to believe it or not, but that doesn't change the fact that it is so. When I see vehicles with bumper stickers that read, coexist, maybe you've seen them too, they feature symbols of many faith traditions on them. I sometimes wonder if the driver of that vehicle is put this bumper sticker on as if to say, well, why can't we all just get along? which is a reasonable hope for humanity and one that I can certainly agree with. Or if they've stuck it on there as if to say that all faiths, including, I suppose, no faith at all, are pointing us toward the same thing just via different routes. And if the latter is the case, well, I guess that we're just going to have to agree to disagree. I once heard one of my favorite contemporary theologians talking about his experiences with interfaith dialogue and why he was rather reluctant to be involved. He confessed that 
About the most he could hope such sessions could produce was a forum in which participants would take turns stating their beliefs and everyone else would politely listen and hear them out respectfully. What he argued could not happen was that he would, in the spirit of bridge building, agree to the preposition that, say, Christians and Muslims believed in the same God and worshipped the same God, just in different ways and known by different names. No, he said, as much as folks might like to envision such unity, in this example, Islam labels Jesus a prophet, but he deny, but they deny the divinity of Christ, considering it blasphemous. And they offer their adherents a different path through a different way. We can respect their decision without validating it. And the same goes for any other way that is presented as an alternative to the way of Jesus Christ. Which brings us back again to the important question each and every one of us must address. Which way should I go? As for me and my house, well, we shall go to Jesus and go through Jesus. By this, I mean that I doubt Jesus would have had to have been born, suffer, die, be buried, be raised, and then ascended if there was an alternative way to reach God. I realize that among those who claim to follow him, and even, to my astonishment, some active clergy today, this option is not, this opinion rather, is not universally shared. That Jesus is the only way to the Father. I'm not quite sure how folks square the circle to arrive at their conclusion, but they must do it somehow. But from the mouth of Jesus himself, both in the parables in other gospel accounts, and then again quite plainly stated here, he is the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. All other ways lead to other destinations, but none could be as satisfying as that to which we are invited in and through Jesus. The reassurance that we need fear not, nor let our hearts be troubled, comes right out of this knowledge. Because Jesus and the Father are one, the disciples are told, the Father has been revealed unto them. We know the Father through Jesus, even as we are known by the Father. We don't live on our own. We don't die on our own. As Jesus foreshadows, he will soon be taken from his friends and will return to his Father and ours. And there he will make provision for his own, for those who have chosen among the very many ways, the way of the way. This way, unlike all others, is the true way and the way to life. Jesus invites all who ponder the biggest question in life, which way should I go, to a response that begins 
and ends in him. For he alone has the authority, the ability, and the willingness to bring us a new life in God, a life that is redeemed from the wages of sin, a life that is not centered in self, but on God and neighbor, a life that is not limited by the number of days that we are allotted here on earth. This is the life which we are offered. Should we choose the way of Jesus, the way that is Jesus? Even his disciples don't get this at first. And they, they had been his companions for three years. They had listened to hundreds of hours of his teachings. But in the verses that immediately follow these that we read, Jesus goes over this yet again for their benefit. We may not get it the first time that we hear it either, but with God, grace abounds. The invitation remains open. As long as we have breath in our lungs. But the sooner we make the decision to follow this way, the sooner one can begin to experience the charms of this way, this truth, and this life. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God, and amen.